0: Campfire Conversation Podcast. I'm your host, Cole Kelly. Ask almost anybody who's been to summer camp, whether they be kids or staff members, and they'll tell you it is awesome. They will also tell you through their words, but mostly through their actions, that they learn a ton while there, too. As a longtime camp director, youth sport coach, and father to three growing young men, I know the lessons that we learn at camp can be hugely beneficial for all of us back home in the real world. So, Each week, I'll spend some time around the digital campfire talking with professionals from inside and around the summer camp world. We'll share their lessons, their ideas, and their practices in a way that I hope will be immediately useful for your life back home. So, pull up a seat, get your marshmallow ready to roast, and let's spend some time learning together around the campfire. This has certainly not been a business-as-usual last three weeks here in the States or, or anywhere else in the small little neighborhood we call the Earth. Rather than act like nothing new is happening, my co-host Scrappy and I decided to spend some time talking about the coronavirus and, from our personal perspective, its effects on the camp industry. We are by no means spokespeople of or for the industry, but rather very small parts of it. And we've learned a ton over the last few weeks and wanted to share our impression from the front lines of summer camp. Once Scrap and I get tired of talking about corona, and we will, we spend a good bit of time discussing what we learned at this year's ACA Tri-State Conference. It's so important that we all continue to learn, and I hope that you'll enjoy what we have to share. I hope you'll enjoy this campfire conversation with my close friend, Scrappy Stassen. Scrappy Stassen, so happy to have you around the, the campfire, pal.
1: Oh, I am excited to be here and feeling nice and warm and toasty right now. So this is a great place to be.
0: <laughs> you know, before we get into this, because I think we've got some, some concerning stuff to talk about, and then we've got some great stuff to talk about. But before I get into any of it, I, I, I think we have to say a big thank you and a big post of gratitude um, to an industry that never really gets much love. But if the internet, if the wireless and the internet was not so good in the United States, it would be a very different experience right now. I think we got to be really grateful to everybody who laid fiber around this country so that we can actually have these seamless conversations and, and do stuff online as much as we're doing.
1: Oh, I agree. I think more now than ever, we are using our online resources to in so many new ways and exciting ways that this is like really showing us how much we need. it. I agree. Uh, let's show some gratitude to them because it is fantastic. Our infrastructure here that we have, and we're able to do these kind of things and, and share it with the world.
0: Yeah, it's just incredible. And seamlessly. I mean, all the stuff that's gone online recently. Um, I know we've had a lot of Zoom calls. Facebook, I know, is, is blowing up right now. Um, but it's, it's been really, really interesting. Um, and I, I had not really thought about until this morning that, wow, you know, if we really hadn't had this Internet, if we hadn't have great cellular service, if we haven't had what we have now, this experience of dealing with the spread of coronavirus would be drastically different.
1: Oh, drastic. And I love the, the, I applaud the companies out there. Some of the bigger companies that have went out there and just offered it for free uh, right right now to the kid, the the families that can't afford it or don't normally have it and and released the data caps and said, Hey, you know what? We know that this is going to be a tough time and you're relying on us. And here you go. Let's, let's, let's all come together and support, which I always love to see, you know, community come together like that. So absolutely.
0: It's funny. You know, you mentioned that I, I heard a quote this morning, uh, from a guy I love to listen to, um, and he said that crisis a crisis does not develop character; it reveals it. Ah! And I thought, yeah, and, and we're seeing a lot of that in the United States, where it's such a positive place, and that's to me the the perfect segue to the the camp community, um, because through this last several weeks of of seeing the ramp up of of our response to the coronavirus as a you know, it really has been pretty incredible. To see how many people have come together and who are helping and are trying to help educate those that are either afraid because we we've, we've got a lot of our kids are, are really concerned about this and a lot of our older Americans are concerned about this, and how many people need to realize that you really do need to self quarantine. You know, you yeah. really do need to stay away from from others and the reason why. But I see a lot of people doing that with kindness rather than with with spite, which has been great
1: yeah I love it. I've seen the push you know to have the grocery stores in some of these places you know re- reserve their hours in the morning for elderly people or people that can't you know necessarily you know, go on, on a peak time um, and I love to see that and I, I, I thought back to the Mr. Rogers quote you, you know uh, in times of crisis look for the helpers there's always helpers yeah um, and, and in addition to that I saw somebody go further and say you know that's what he said to kids us as adults we have to be the helpers, be the helpers find yeah. be, find out ways to go out there and help others and so I agree with you I love seeing you know you always got to look for positivity there's there's a light at the end of the tunnel um and and we help everybody else just and we'll get that help that we
0: need yeah well and i I know a lot of our listeners will be interested in this so i I want to be very frank and and cover it you know what is the summer camp um response to coronavirus and COVID 19 uh here in the united states because the response is different across the world based on what's going on but I, i know i've been in a lot of contact with our friends in china Um, um, who have sent us kids in the past. Unfortunately, it looks like this summer they won't be able to come, but we'll we'll see. Um, It will all depend on what the State Department and the CDC says, but camps are are planning to open there. Um, And I know across the board here in the United States, and and I've had more conversations with camp professionals and healthcare professionals than I ever have in the last two or three weeks. It's just been incredible the amount of communication that's going on and the sharing and the giving and the support. The camp community is really positive about this um, in terms of opening the summer. And they're at the same time very concerned about what's going on and trying to figure out how they can help. And and something, Scrap, you've said several times is you're so impressed with how can-do this industry is. Like, we're going to figure it out.
1: Yeah, yeah I agree 100% it's that attitude of like oh no we we've going to we're going to get through this. We're going to find ways to do it, you know, because this is what we do, Um, you know, at the tri-state conference, which we're going to talk about here a little bit. Like I personally spoke to the head of the visa agencies who deal with the international staff of getting people in and out of the country. I spoke with somebody from our state department that oversees the visa department and they were all on the same page. The camping industry as a whole is probably one of the best industries to deal with these kind of things because we know how to make things work. Uh, We just do it, you know, every year, whether it's, it's previous, you know, star or h1n1 or just lice or a stomach flu that comes to camp we've dealt with these things before and we know that the show must go on and, and find ways to do it um, and i love seeing that you know again tri-states, we were there you have all these people that are like no nah, we're going to make this happen because these kids need to have some something to look forward to and we're here to look forward to it, and we're going to be there when they need us
0: Absolutely. Yeah. You know, and I think, you know, we don't know what's going to happen. Thankfully we've got, at least in our neck of the woods uh, as a summer camp in the Northeast, you know, we don't start until June 27th, you know, so we've got, you know, still about a hundred days to go. And that's a lot of time to see how things play out. Obviously, you know, with the CDC's guidelines of not congregating, uh, for more than fifty people, that that ends right now um, in mid May. You know, we still have another six weeks after that goes on to you know get ready to open camp across the Northeast and and I think across the board when you think about camp, it is such a safe environment for our kids. It's it's really it's confined at least residential camps and and most day camps they're confined little areas. Um, they're outdoors. They're healthy. And one thing that a lot of people have forgotten is that uh, when the polio outbreaks were going on back in the late 1940s and 50s, camp was actually set up as a place to protect the children you know, from yeah. those sorts of things. Um, and I see that as one of our roles for this coming summer is to be that safe place, as we have been many, many times in the past, uh, for kids to come and just relax and get away from it and, and have a blast and be safe and healthy while doing it.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. And I think the kids are looking forward to it. We're looking forward to doing it, too. We kind of think about and concentrate on something else, um, yeah. you know, and give the kids a place to go to. Because, again, with the schools and everything about being there, you know, now what they have to look forward to school. I mean, it's camp. That's, that's what we have. And we're going to be there for them. And we're going to make sure that it's happening and it's fun and, and everything's going to be there.
0: Uh, yeah. Well, like we always do. Yep. And the last thing I, I've got to yeah. say, I gotta give a shout out to to all the camp professionals out there. Uh doesn't matter if you're a day or residential, um, doesn't matter if you're a for profit, not for profit. Everybody I've seen and spoken to has they're doing their best to really help keep pe- sorry, keep people calm, mm-hmm. engaged. Patient and, and hopeful, and I think that that's the biggest thing. That you know, uh, the message I'm hearing from everybody is that you know we're going to get through this. You know, this too shall pass, and when it does, boy, we're going to have a great summer.
1: Uh, every red light turns green eventually. You know?
0: That's right. Very that's, nice. That's
1: how that's, that's you got to nice. do. That's how you got to look at it. So yeah. that's, well, one that's of the where things, we're
0: at. One of the things I think has has helped us, um, you know, as as partners here in, in camping and, and across the the camping world is that. We learn continually. There's always something new going on. And we, as you mentioned earlier, uh, we're at the Tri-State Camp Conference set up by the American Camp Association's New York, New Jersey office. Um, It is one of the largest gatherings of of camp professionals um, in the country and really into the world. Um, We did this a couple weeks ago, and we learned a ton. So I thought it'd be fun just to kind of talk a little bit about what we've learned. Obviously, we learned a lot about the coronavirus and, and our camp's response to that. But there are a ton of other outbreak sessions. What, what were some of the things that kind of jumped up for you, Scrap?
1: Um, this year was great. I mean, it's it's I, I, to piggyback on what you're saying first, too, I love that you take us to these kind of things to continue learning because here I am fairly new in this. And I look at Cole that you've been doing this forever. You're the best parent that I know. And I'm like, what else do you need to know? Your, your your commitment to continuing educational learning is fantastic. Uh, and from this one, you know, there was the keynote speaker, uh, one of my favorites, uh, Priya Parker, who wrote. Oh, the, man. Yeah, she was uh, great. She, she was great. And she talked about the you know, the power of meetings and how, you know, one of the things I, sticking in my head, how to create alternative universes. Uh, mm. I love that phrase. And how meetings and the art of meeting people, and how you do these things, and how that relates to camp—we create this alternative universe uh, during the summer for people to come live in and come enjoy. And we do that, and the way we do it, and the way it's done, was really—it's amazing to see how you know people like Priya Parker who write these books for professionals and other people, and we apply it to the camp industry, and how everything applies to camp. It all comes back to summer camp somehow, which I always love. You <laughs> do a really good job of that, uh, which is fun. Well, and I, do? I can-
0: Well, yeah, same thing. I mean, Priya's book, Gathering, um, has really took the world by storm, you know, a couple of years ago and last year. And to have her there and to have one of her first things say is, you know, I went to camp and I'm a camper. I was like, all right, here we go. Mm -hmm. Um, So she get it. The thing that, well, she said many things that really jumped to me. But one of the things she talked about was the differences between communities and gatherings. Um, She said communities continue for a very long time, whereas gatherings have very distinct beginning, middle and ends. Um, And one of the things that it made me think is that I think camp, most camps are that really weird in between. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, where we are communities that last for a very long time, you know, our camp has been around for, you know, 67 years. Uh, I know camp, we've got a great camp, bunch of friends up in New Hampshire that are celebrating their 100th year in operation this year. So that community has gone on for a long time. But yet the summer has a very distinct beginning, you know, when you think about the kids getting off the bus, the middle where you're having all the activities, and then the ending with those, you know, color war events or Olympics or whatever the ending event is, and everybody's crying around the campfire before they leave. Mm -hmm. You know, so we have that really interesting amalgamation between both community and and gathering within camp.
1: Yeah, and I love how she talked about how you can use a meeting like a get like uh, the camp which is a meeting to you know facilitate that community later on like and, and how to approach them in two separate ways and it really did make me rethink like okay what do more that first day of camp to like make it so they know that this is the opening this is the start of the meeting um and then at that last day of camp how do we close it and then how to make that leave that impact of saying okay but you're even though you're not here you, you that meeting is part of you now and you're part of a bigger community now and i really yeah. did enjoy that distinction uh, yeah. which i thought was awesome
0: the other thing that she uh, talked about that I thought was really spoke to me was that camps are great at creating modern rituals. Yeah. Um, and I think that's one of the things that if we could help parents do, well, I mean, there are a lot of things I'd love for parents to do that we do it as summer camp across the industry. Um, but I think the idea of creating rituals for their families uh, back home, it's something that we do quite a bit at sleep away camp. I know a bunch of day camps do it as well. Um, but, knowing when something happens and also why you're celebrating that. I know we had a great conversation with one of our guests a couple of weeks ago about tradition and ritual and how important that is at, at helping to tie people back to feeling like they're a part of something bigger than themselves
1: yeah i agree like these are the things that you can do at home you know start your own little they, they don't have to be elaborate or crazy mini rituals like every morning when you wake up you know come up and say you know whether it's the pledge of allegiance or your family motto or you know something that you do every day whether it's by yourself or with your kids you know you could do that and create these little that okay your kids know like hey this is what we do this is our ritual and it just it, it creates that community and that bonding, which i really love too yeah uh, and i do i think we're really good at it at campus, it's just something that comes naturally and we try and do it more at, at home
0: yeah i think one of the ones that we do at our house every night is and it's funny because our guys will will ask for it if we for some reason are doing other things they so will say right before they go to bed say hey will you bless me like, oh yeah. you know, of course, like, uh, you know, we drop whatever we're doing, jump yeah. into the room, spend a little bit of time, do a blessing, mm-hmm. and then, you know, we're off to bed. And that's, that's been so great for me. I mean, as, as a parent, I travel, at least I used to travel a bunch, <laughs> um, you know, but now being able to have that time, you know, with our boys uh, as they go to bed and another ritual Kate and I do, which has been so helpful just in our marriage, is just finishing each day with two, ha- sorry, three happies and an appreciate. So yeah, I, ask, I
1: would. I was going to talk about the happy because we I learned about that at camp because you do that with the kids when you go into the camp and I do it with my kids every night when I go to bed. I think it's such a great way to end the day on something positive um, and say like, hey, you know what's ha- you know what what made you happy today? And it can be anything. You know, my son loves it. Oh, I had you know raisins today for lunch. Like that's great. If that made you happy, Dave. That's what it is. That's fine. Um, and it just really like those again those traditions and that's something that I took from camp and I do with my kids because I think it's fantastic. And again, easy. Anybody can do it. You can do it tonight. Just start it, and then it's yeah. one of those things. Sometimes. Traditions feel weird, you know, the first time you do oh, it. Totally. Um, because it is, it's that awkwardness, but you just got to do it. And then come, you know, week two, week three. I mean, week 574, it's just, it's a tradition. It's so natural and it becomes so fun and part of your life. That's It's, it's totally worth doing it and just
0: taking You away. know, it, it's, it's funny you say that. I totally agree. Diana Bloom, who we both listen to, has mm, um, yes. um, been a long-time head counselor at a, at a great camp in Northeast Georgia um, and also is um, a, a consultant that helps people deal with, oh gosh, how would you say, I guess efficiency, right?
1: Yeah, i say efficiency and uh, intentionality.
0: Yeah, and we're really excited because we're going to have her on the show here in a couple of weeks. But she said, "It has a very simple question: What do I want? Why? And what am I willing to do to get it?" And you know, I think if we want to have you know great connections with our kids, if we want to build mem- memorable moments, if we want to you know have those long term relationships, all right, what are you willing to do? Well. Having a ritual like that saying, you know, what are your three happies from today you know, or blessing your kids before they go to bed? Yeah, it feels really weird for a little while, but I'm sure parents would be willing to do that if it's going to give them a situation where they feel more connected with their kids.
1: Yeah, so I mean, like again, absolutely. Anything you can do to connect with your kids and, and do something positive for them is great. And if you're intentional with it, like as a parent, we're parents. We're the old people. We're the ones yeah. that have to initiate. it. I can't expect my five year old to remember these things. You know, like that's, <laughs> that's not how it works. So it's uh, it is a responsibility for us as parents to to be intentional with these things and really do it and kind of keep doing it and keep doing it until you get to the point like your kids where they're like, hey, hey, Dad, you didn't bless me, and it's like, oh yeah, because you've got it. You you've drilled them into them now. Right, now they have to have it. It's a yep. habit, exactly, yep. which is great. And I think like what Diana said, you know, talking about how when you set a goal, not just setting the goal to say, okay, I'm going to do this on Friday, uh, but to to have a plan to make sure it's done by Friday. And then, you know, you, and how do you lead up to it? And so it's, mm-hmm. it's everything being intentional all around, uh, even your language. Which right. Really cool.
0: Well, and speaking of that, you know, <laughs> this was an eye-opening thing. And it's something I kind of maybe knew, but I never really thought of. Um, Sorry about that. You know, it was one of those things that I I had always kind of maybe known in the background but didn't really think about. She talked about in terms of setting goals, don't put them as nouns. Do them as verbs. Yeah. Um, Or, you know, if you have a to-do list, make it a verb list. So rather than, hey, I need to do this, you know, say I need to mow the grass today, it's mow the grass today. Yeah. Like I just started with the verb. I'm like, Oh, that's a really good idea.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it is. It's funny how little tiny words like that can change your whole intent. You know, when you're like, Hey, I just want to ask you a quick question. Just say, I want to ask you a question. Like, you know, like being direct that way and doing those little, changing those little tiny words can like really change how the outcomes happen or, and, 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 be more efficient with your time and be more direct and to, to the point. Um, it is funny how those little tiny ways of thinking and ways of talking can really change how things outcome, you know?
0: You know, it's funny you say that because a long time ago, we heard of some parenting advice from somebody that said, never ask your child, you know, would you like to eat your, your broccoli yep. you know, or Hey, you know, I need, you know, we want you to, you don't ask you, you, you know, as parents, we do need to direct, um, yeah. you know, even at camp, a lot of times, you know, we'll give kids some choices. Would you like to do this? Or would you like to do that? You know, mm-hmm. you get these two bounded choices um, and you get some direction rather than being asked. So that, that language is a, is a big piece of it.
1: Yeah, it was, it was one of my favorite parts during that during that session when she said, you know, people like to say all the time, hey, when you're asking somebody to do something and you're like, hey, when you have time can you do this? And I kind of mm-hmm. smiled because I looked at you and, you know, you kind of <laughs> was raising your head because you're like, a, and I was laughing because I was like, yeah, Cole does that all the time. <laughs> you'll ask, you'll call me up and be like, hey, when you have time can you do this? Not knowing that it hangs up like, I'm like, you know, uh, you're my boss like, I'm going to do it as soon as you hang up the phone uh, and I, I, again, it's just one of those things that's intentional with, with setting expectations and setting goals. And you're like, hey, if you, let me know if you need it right now or if you don't need it till next week. Like, it does help how you, other people, and, and setting those outcomes for people. And then you're setting yourself up for success as well because you're saying, you know, that you don't ask your kid, like, hey, when you can this afternoon, go clean your room. Like, be direct with them and say, hey, clean your room by 5 o'clock today. You know, right. it's like, yeah. let them know, give them expectations, and then everybody's happy. And then when they don't clean it by 5, you can't say – Oh, I didn't tell you. Or the kid, you know, if your if your kids like mine and they're very like, well, you didn't say what time it was. That you know, and it's like, <laughs> oh, I'll clean it later. It's still today. It's like it's eleven thirty at night, and you should have been asleep hours ago. You know, like uh, that's. So if you're really direct with your language and, and show how to do that, I think it's it. it makes your life more effective and efficient, which. And, we're and all that's- about to-
0: Yeah. And that's so important in this day and age specifically because all of our systems, all of our structures, all of our routines uh, in our homes have changed drastically, you know, with schools being out. So I think if with kindness, if if parents can be direct, um, that makes a big difference where before lunch, you need to do X, Y, and Z. I know one of the things that we put out was a checklist that that Dr. Kelly, uh, my wonderful bride, came up with for our boys. Mm-hmm. Um, and that has been a big help, both for them and, frankly, for us, just because, yeah. like, okay, you know, we have a new structure. We have a new routine we've got to get into. And the sooner we get into that, I think the sooner our kids will will be able to flourish and feel comfortable in this this new normal
1: yeah right and that ties back into the traditions thing too, because this is a new normal. we're all in new uncharted territory here, and the sooner you can just start setting those expectations and setting up a tradition of we're doing this every day and I'm telling you you need to do this by this, uh it makes it easier, you know. My son is so conditioned that we have a daily schedule, especially now that we're homeschooling. Um, You know, we have the calendar of the whole day. And he's the first one to be like, Dad, it's 10.05. We're supposed to be at math and we're still doing.
0: Okay,
1: (laughs) He he points it out all the time because we've been doing that with him for so long that he is so like, he loves to know what's going on for the rest of the day and be really intentional. Um, You know, and it's like he calls us out on it all the time, right. which is great. So I feel like we did a good job with that. You know, so yeah. I'm happy about
0: it. You know, and it's it's funny with our oldest and, you know, our kids are a little bit older. Um, you know, our 16 year old, we wake him up late. I'll be dead honest. It's, it's certainly not waking up like regular 7 a.m. school stuff. Um, and we look at them and say, OK, you know, by one o'clock, all the stuff needs to be done. And it's like, right. no problem. And then we, we trust and verify. So it, yeah. it's been nice to be able to, to have that structure, but also to be able to, you know, we're lucky, you know, so lucky that you and I we work from home and, and we yes. get to do this uh, there's so many people out there that that don't that don 't um, and they 're home for other reasons so um, and that to me kind of is a, raises the, one of the other pieces that I learned um, at the conference this year talking about uh, really kids with anxiety um, there's a wonderful woman, uh, Rachel Busman, um, who works with a child mind. Institute. Um, she's actually up in Westchester County and sends her kids to camp. And, and you know, her son actually loves camp, not our camp but another camp. But it's wonderful out there. Um, and she was given some tips about working with anxious campers. And I thought this was really appropriate for, for this time right now is that parents and camp counselors parents, whoever it may be working with kids need to model non-anxious coping. Uh. And I thought, okay, that's a really good way to say that.
1: Yeah, that is. A, that's a great term. Uh, and easier said than done, I'm sure. Much,
0: much easier said than done. <laughs> and I think if we can practice that, you know, and this is, a, I mean, we we'll to talk about a, a, a ample opportunity to to learn how to practice and put that practice into motion, um, because things are so different, the anxiety level, you know, increases, and fear is actually a very normal and adaptive feeling. You know, it's actually right. it's allowed humans to live for as long as we have. Um so I think not saying, oh don't be afraid. Well the heck with that. Yeah. I mean we, no. we need to be concerned about yeah. this. Yep. Um, and we need to practice that non-anxious coping where we can say, hey, yes, we can't control some of this. Let's think about the things we can control. You know, yep. let's think about how do we control our health? How do we control mm-hmm. our sleep? How do we control our emotions? You know, if if we can handle the inputs, you know, the food we eat, I I don't know how many times I've seen, I've eaten all my quarantine snacks in one day, you know, um, but I know, at least for me, I've had to be really good. It's like, okay, I'm staying in the house, I need to eat a salad and I need to Get out of the house a little bit and exercise by walking around the neighborhood or doing push-ups or jump jacks or whatever it is or shooting hoops with the boys here at the house. You know we've got to stay healthy because if we keep our bodies healthy, then odds are we'll be able to keep our emotions um, more healthy as well
1: yeah i agree my you know my wife luckily our assistant director Dana, is great and she's the one that helps me with that because i'm eating wise. sometimes i'll tend to be like oh, i'll just eat this whole bag of chips and be fine she's like did you even <laughs> read the label you know do you know what's in there uh, she's very much into reading labels um and i think that's i think that's also the the next level of what you know people used to refer to as overthinking a lot you know people used to overthink and and it is sometimes it's the way up with it is just, you know, deal with what you can deal with. Stop thinking about all this stuff and, and start focus small and say, okay, you know, instead of doing, you know, eating this chips, I'm going to have a salad or right. instead of worrying about this whole world, I'm going to worry about what I can do with my family, my kids, and my household, uh, you know, and, and, and trying and to make it into smaller, it's like, you know, smaller bite size. It's like the, the old saying is, how do you eat an elephant? Uh, one bite at a time. <laughs> you know? At don't time. worry about, don't worry about the whole elephant. Just, just focus on that little part that's in front of you. Uh, and I think you can, you can manage that better. And I do love that. Like, it's okay to be afraid. Uh, yeah. to say, you know, people so quick to dismiss that all the time. Like, Oh, don't be afraid. Everything's going to be fine. Like, no, it's okay to be afraid. And this is how we're going to work through it and deal right. with it. Uh, that's a more important part, especially working with kids and dealing with kids as they develop. Cause if you, if you set that up early on, they're going to work through it better as they get old.
0: Right. Know. Well, we we've, we've <laughs> said it a lot at camp. You, you, you can't show courage without being afraid.
1: Right. Yeah, exactly. And That's this
0: great. is a perfect opportunity to start building that muscle of courage. Um, and it's funny, you know, you, you mentioned not trying to eat the whole, whole elephant at once. You know, I had, uh, I've had a couple of moments where I've been like, wow, okay, I feel a little bit out of control. Like, this mm-hmm. is just, it doesn't feel like me right now. And I sat down uh, yesterday morning and I looked at my desk and it was cluttered. I'm like, okay, this is what's giving me anxiety. So yeah, yeah. I, I literally, I, clean, I took 15 minutes and I cleaned my office. And mm-hmm. it's amazing. It's like, okay, I fixed that. And now I need to go fix something else. And then yep. I started to realize more and more, let's stop worrying about ourselves. Let's go out, like you said with the Mr. Rogers quote, let's go out and help others. Yeah. Because more we help others, whether it's providing just a ray of hope. Uh, you know, I talked to my best college friend and I talked to my brother. and We both helped each other. I've talked to, gosh, probably 15 camp directors, different camp directors in the last, 10 days. I've spoken to about 30 of our families. It's been great. And we've all helped each other um, through this process. So I think the more we do things like that in times that can be anxiety provoking and promoting, um, that'll help us all keep a little bit more level-headed as we go through this.
1: No, I agree. and that's a great point too, because the, the new buzzword that everybody's talking about right now is social distancing, right? It's right. Social distancing. It's not social distancing. It's physical distancing. Right. If anything, right now is the time to make those. Who haven't you talked to? Make make a phone call today. You got time. They got time. You know they're there. You know, make five phone calls a day of just saying, "Hey, what's going on? How are you doing?" You know, and, right. and still engaging in that community and those those actual social interactions um, to do those things and just the physical. Just there's no you know no handshakes or anything or hugs or anything that that you know for now
0: um, i love that yeah. i i've not thought about that but scrap you're you're dead on right it's it's physical distancing it yeah. can't be social let's yeah. let's put the social back into our lives and keep yes. physical distancing there i totally agree. yeah
1: yeah and then that was a good time to really try some new ways to do that too and again you know at the other end hopefully this change this to me i look again i'm a very positive person and i look at this this whole what's going on right now with the physical distancing, is we're going to start some new traditions, hopefully, you know, like, mm-hmm. hopefully you do start some more family traditions of doing group exercise or getting outside with just who you're with or in your house or whatever it might be. Like, this is a perfect opportunity to start some new traditions. And then, you know, when things get back to normal and they're back, to like, don't forget all of them. Keep them going. Like, there's a reason that sometimes things happen and, and we should look at this as a, as a, as a way to, an opportunity to, to try some new things and, and, and look at it that way is how I like to approach it.
0: Absolutely. That's great. Well, Scrap, the, the campfire is getting a little low here. Um, right, it's always sorry. fun to, to have you around. I think um, we've both learned a lot going through the Tri-State Conference and, and learning from all these different wonderful speakers and talk uh, people who know camp and, and are able to help us expand our knowledge base. And, and hopefully, families, this has been useful uh, to you.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'll try some of these things. Like I said, tonight, go, if you're listening, go, go start a new tradition with your, your kids tonight and, and say, hey, this is what we're going to do. We're start it today. And it'll feel really weird today, but it'll feel great next week and it'll feel even better in a month from now. So just do it, go out there and do it. I think that's the best of things we can do. We can, awesome. My advice out there. So thank you, Cole. I appreciate it. I'm getting a little cold. The fire's out now. Thanks, See you soon. Bye-bye.
0: Yes, we've got a challenge in front of us. And it's not just you and me listening to this. It's all of us here on this little globe we call the earth and home. It's our small neighborhood. And the more we act like good neighbors, I think the faster we'll get through this. The problem with this situation is that there are not very many apparent answers besides simply practicing high levels of of hygiene and a tincture of time. I'm confident that the summer camp industry will continue to work closely with our state and federal governments and the health agencies in order to find the best path forward for our kids, for our staff members, for our families. I know our kids are going to be really wanting to go to camp this summer, and frankly, I think it would be the safest place for them in so many ways. But that's just my perspective. That's perspective of knowing the history of summer camps and what we've been able to offer. I hope that we're able to op- offer that opportunity to as many as we possibly can for this coming summer because it really will be a wonderful place for us all to go. Summer camp, as I've said before, is a wonderful place to learn and to grow. Thankfully, the industry leaders invest a great deal of time and energy in helping those running and working within summer camps continue their own growth. Wonderful speakers give their knowledge and experience to those who can put it into practice immediately. So. What did we learn at the Tri-State that will help us right now in this current situation? Well, a couple things. First, we need to practice that non-anxious coping for ourselves and for our family. Talk about being off-kilter with your children. It's okay, it's very natural to show that we are a little off-kilter right now and it's okay to be concerned. And, and this is the important part, that we're going to work with all the helpers we possibly can around us to make things better and to get through this as quickly as we possibly can. Secondly, we need to create alternate universes from time to time within our own home. Our families are going to be together a lot more than we're used to over the next few weeks. This will create its own level of frustration and joy for many of us. We parents and leaders need to take as much of an advantage as we possibly can and plan some things that will be fun and memorable and meaningful. Next, we gotta take care of ourselves. Take care of yourself first. Be healthy rather than indulgent. I know at this time we can all sit back a little bit on whatever indulgences we really enjoy, but it's really gotta be, we have to be thoughtful during this time and be healthy. We gotta take care of ourselves. We gotta get our rest. We have to drink a lot of water. We have to practice good physical and mental hygiene. And lastly, like Scrappy said, we've gotta stay social while keeping our distance. Write some old-school letters. Call some friends you haven't spoken to in a long time. Set up a regular FaceTime check-in with somebody. The more we act like we're in this together, the sooner we'll get through it. Well, thanks for listening. If this was helpful, I, I hope you'll share it with a friend. Our campfire circle is big enough for everybody to join. And please leave a review on whichever podcast service you're using. More positive reviews will help these ideas spread. Until we speak again, stay patient practice good hygiene, and keep the spirits up for yourself and for those around you. We'll keep the campfire burning for you. Talk to you next week. Thanks again to our friends at SCOPE for sponsoring the Campfire Conversation podcast. SCOPE stands for Summer Camp Opportunities Promote Education. They provide children from underserved communities with life-changing opportunities through the experience of summer camp. Scope campers benefit from a positive, safe, and healthy environment led by excellent role models who give them the chance to develop their full potential. We both believe that summer camp reinforces what children learn in school and enhances overall academic learning. If you would like to help give some wonderful children a life-changing experience, I hope you'll join me in supporting Scope. You can find them online at scopeusa.org and on social media at supportscope.